Hey there, Ralph Plaskett here, author of the acclaimed book, Deepening Growth, Powerful Lessons to Cultivate Your Personal Transformation, and founder of the Plaskett Institute, where we help passionate coaches, consultants, and educators strengthen their personal mastery so that they can go out into the world and create transformational experiences that alter and totally shift their clients' worlds. Right, so I am so happy to be able to be here with you. I want to introduce to you uh, this week's episode of the Explore More podcast. Right, in this episode, part one of this episode, really, we are talking about leadership in a context of a, a VUCA environment. Volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. This is a term that was created in the 1960s by the Army War College. And what it really was trying to describe was the whole shift that is happening in the world um, with the advent of these various technologies, especially now um, with the advent of the internet and the communication um, that we can have across the world in an instant. All of that created conditions in the world, uh, certainly social media has, um, created conditions in the world uh, that we are we are certainly seeing today as a result of COVID, as a result of social injustice and unrest, as a result of um, uh, communication across uh, country boundaries. As we see this uh, VUCA environment, it has created conditions that we need to know how to lead in. We can't certainly lead in the same uh, context that we, le- we led in the previous decade especially as we're seeing with COVID. So we need to learn how to deal with personally and certainly in the context of a leader in supporting others. How do we be, how we, are we able to deal with this uh, VUCA environment and support leadership to move our people and our, our efforts forward? So in this episode, uh, part one of this episode, we dig into the characteristics of a leader in this certain type of environment um, and this is a part, there will be a part two to this episode um, because there was just so much richness. So I can't wait uh, for you to experience so much. So let's get into it right now. So, so I know leadership is certainly one of your um, passions, right? You've exhibited it in, in, in various capacities over the years. Um, should you want to go into that, I'll allow you to do so. Please do so, rather. Um, but I'm interested on your perspective on uh, leading in this VUCA environment, you know, volatility, uncertainty, um, complexity, and ambiguity, right? So um, I believe it's Army War College that came up with a term in the 60s, VUCA. Um, but what is really interesting about it, um, especially in today's COVID world, is that like we're on VUCA on overdrive. Right, um, and how do you lead in such an environment becomes the question that I that I have for you. You know, my initial response is uh, it's no different in a VUCA environment as opposed to any other environment. At least that's what I generally feel. Is a response, um, and I, I say that uh, because when I consider leadership, 
I consider people first and always. And my genuine concern for their well-being, for their aspirations, for their productivity, all the various different things that they aspire to be in any particular location or environment, it's just as important, regardless of where they are. Now, that being said, I also understand the emphasis of the volatility, the uncertainty, so forth and so on, and ambiguity piece, which then says to me, leadership is probably just as critical in this type of environment as opposed to what will be cited as a normal environment. Yeah, what is normal these days, right? Right. So normal is, and it can be subjective, um, to the eyes of the beholder, you know. Right. So I, I, I personally think that, uh, man, you're touching on a very deep topic, <laughs> personal topic for me. Yeah, that's, that's why I brought it up, man. Um, I, I personally think that, you know, with leadership, it just really comes with the character of the individual in the, in the position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, 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 they ought to display this genuine concern um, for those that are around them, those who they're serving, which then in itself could go to a whole different conversation because, you know, you have some people who are in leadership positions and probably have the perspective, okay, they're, they're folks for them to serve them. Right. Uh, whereas I'm subscribing to the opposite. You know, as a leader, you're there to serve your people um, so that they can be their best selves to, to move the organization forward and things like that. You know, we all have different I see, or the sense that I got from your response to my question is the humility to which you hold um, as as a leader, right? Because uh, you you come from the position of it, it doesn't change, right? That's because you stand in um, in a leadership style, I would say, um, that is focused on the people, right? And once you 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 you're, you come from a leadership style that's focused on the people, then regardless of what the environment holds, um, you're able to flex and move around with it in your leadership, uh, in your leading, because you're focused on the people, right? Wherein, you know, we've, fortunately, we've seen so many examples in this COVID environment of leaders who are focused on themselves or focused on how they may look in their, co- in their, uh, in their leadership capacity um, or focused on something that serves the few and not the many. Right, and and we see the ramifications of that type of leadership style. Yeah, and you know, interesting as you were you were reframing uh, my thoughts, at least what you heard of my thoughts, I I, I picked up on something. I'm like, man, I wonder. It's not a no, it's not wonder. It's what I picked up on as you were speaking was the leading aspect. As a, you know, so, you know, what is leading? What is leadership? Is it actually focused more on a task and getting something accomplished? 
was it something else? You know, and, and so again, me personally, through my own lived experiences, uh, yeah, sure, you can work towards a task, but I believe that's more management. Uh, again, because I'm so focused on people, I think that's the core of leadership. Uh, how do I inspire, motivate, compel, um, gain buy-in, whatever words you want to use, others so that they see what needs to be accomplished. And they could do it regardless of the environment because they trust me as a person who will say, hey, these are the things that you know gotta get done, this done, whatever it, whatever it may be. Uh, but I just found that that one that one word just pushed out at leading. And I think that's uh, you know a critical word that has to be defined by so many. Yeah, I've, you know, we've all had our fair share of leaders. Um, and, you know, if I, if I was to do an analysis of some leaders that I've, I've seen in the past, you know, it's, it's unfortunate where the, uh, don't get me wrong, the task must get done. But when you frame the task to be above the people, Right, the task at any cost, um, then you know you you really put to me you 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 belittle the people. Certainly, you do that, um, but you really put your leadership at jeopardy um, because again, we we all are human beings and we operate often from a place of trust. And when I lose my trust for you. Um, then, you know, am I, am I really willing to go to bat for you, um, you know, in any environment, regardless of the environment that's happening? Yeah, yeah. And many, many scholars, many researchers will tell you, and matter of fact, I'll say it too, <laughs> without trust, nothing will get accomplished in an organization. Uh, I don't care who you are, you can be... The, the Amazons of the world. Again, I'm not trying to you know call out any particular organization, but right, right. Like being any large multi-billion trained organization to a small mom and pop shop um, without trust. Uh, again, that served as a as a bedrock, as a foundation of any organization, any leadership uh, to lead or you know direct reports. If you don't have that, it's it's not going anywhere. And I, what I mean by I'm talking about authentic trust, not just the stuff that you try to, you know, you try to show display just because you're in a position. Because let's be real, even in those moments, people read right through it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather you be just be real with me, right? Yeah. If you know, if you're gonna be a jerk, be a jerk. If you're not gonna care, don't care. All right. I I rather know that that's what that's a position that you have. Um, then I know how to deal with you. Then you trying to put on this facade. Um, and then I got to figure out, you know, who is going to show up today or in my next engagement with you and how I'm supposed to manage and deal with that. Yeah. Well, so it's like, I'll reflect on, you know, over the course of the past few years, speaking with professionals and on, on this topic of trust and authenticity, I used to always ask, say, okay, let's, let's consider a town home. And you know that the leader's going to get up there. What normally happens? 
they they present this canned speech just because whether it's around a certain holiday, so forth and so on. But then what do you observe day to day in the workplace? Right. Something completely opposite. So what happens during these town hall meetings, most people show up and they just twiddle their thumbs, tapping right. their pens like, okay, how much longer? You could have just shot that to me in an email. <laughs> yeah, for real, right? I could just hit delete. <laughs> for real. It's like, yeah, don't give me that lip service. I don't see you showing up like that elsewhere. Right? And don't give me the lip service. I'd rather you be authentic. If you're going to be authentically um, less than, then be authentically less than. But if you're going to show up to the position of leadership, um, then you got to put in the work and you got to be authentic about it. Yeah. And so, you know, even as we talk about this topic, leadership in the food environment, I think it's, it probably warrants you even further. Um, what do people understand that to you know, not just in the book, but what is leadership in general? And you know, as we look at many organizations, um, and again, I, I, I'm just using my own experience of mm-hmm. this specific number. But my, my gut tells me that many folks who fleet into position of leadership have been there for a while, so they just got promoted. And the question that becomes what was the or what did the organization look for? I said, okay, Lorenzo should now be promoted to this position of leadership. What did they see? And what do they expect? And then, oh, by the way, me being the person who's now in this leadership position, what do I know? And what do what what what's my own expectation of this position? Right. Yeah, I've seen far too many times where you know, leader, leaders got into that position because they were the technical expert, right? So they chose to, they were promoted because they were the technical expert, but they had no leadership capacity, right? But now you're over these people and you're intending to lead them and inspire them. Those are the leaders who often turn in to be uh, the leader by, um, you know, that who's focused on the task over the people, leader who's focused on, um, in the ego of themselves than anything else, right? And that's scary, right? So I've seen them, in, you know, technical expertise or, you know, just age, you've, you've been there longest, so now we got to move you somewhere, so now we're going to move you into this position that just happens to be a leadership position, dangerous. Um, dangerous. <laughs> or, or, you know, or you, we, don't want to, we don't want you to break anything else, so we can't. We're going to put you here where we don't think you can break anything else dangerous. Um, um, or so many other scenarios where the capacities of leadership were not considered to see if that individual had them and if they would be the best fit in order to truly leave, lead the people, the organization, um, the, the, the unit, if you will. Yeah. Which then, you know, for me, comes back to the question, what are the qualities of leadership? Um, I have a few, actually, jotted down on this little piece of paper that I wanted to kind of inquire about, oh. <laughs> what, you, what you thought here. I didn't, read the, I didn't realize the teacher had uh, a set of questions. <laughs> oh, well, what, what, what can I say? The teacher is always a student. <laughs> Yeah, so leadership qualities. 
Well, I think we just discussed one of them, right? Authenticity. Authenticity. Yes, we did. We did. Let me throw another one out there. Um, and you kind of led led to it, but I want to deep dive on it a little bit. Empathy. Oh yeah. the ability to so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a story before i even go to my description of it, okay if i can do that so again as i think in one of the episodes i may have described to you how i got into this coaching thing yeah this this industry and for those who probably didn't hear in the first that episode i went i was a client at one point in time you know at the top of my game if you will ripping and running, serving the military. But I had come in contact with this coach. I was like, hey, my objective for this coaching scenario is I want to be like some of the well-known leaders that I do know, you know, uh, general officers. When I started describing someone else, these guys, they have the brains of the elephant, if you will, you know, and they're so dynamic in a strategic environment. And oh, by the way, they never forget who you are. And oh, by the way, how can they recall this and do all this other stuff? Blah, 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 blah. And so I gave the visualization to my coach. I want to be almost like George Washington on the horse, if you will, and never forgetting the fact that I was still that private or that infantry man who's right. in the boxing. And so as I describe, empathy is never forgetting where I came from. Mm in whatever environment it may be. And being able to treat even the lowest level uh, professional with the human dignity and respect, taking the time to listen, to care, um, because they are just as important as the next person, right. regardless of where they are in the organization. Um, and genuinely do it, not, not just for the sake of because someone said, well, you need to practice empathy and be more self-aware and be more emotionally intelligent. No, I mean, really mean it. Right. And um, my experience has been that by far, I mean, just generally care for people in that capacity that far ways. I mean, you could be technically confident. I mean, that's part of the skill too, but. Yeah. Yeah, empathy, man. So that's how I describe no, I think that's beautiful, right? Because then if we can look at it, if we're looking at a leader and they have that capacity as a lens to, to which they're leading from, that changes the whole dynamics, right? Yeah. That changes everything to which of how they are approaching the problems, or how they're leading the organization, how they're reshaping and transforming. That changes everything if they have the lens of empathy. Yeah. Yeah, because again, you used the word early on, letting go of the ego, because that ego gets in the way, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly. That, real. that ego gets in the way. Words such as jerk is often used to describe that person sitting in a leadership position. Absolutely. And I could give more colorful words. If you <laughs> but that, that's, where, that's where it boils down. So I think you, have to, you definitely have to let go of that in order to be effective, and I use the word effective purposefully, uh, because again, it's all about moving the organization direction that you already aspire to be, or move towards. So 
if you're ineffective, you're slow in progress. Your productivity level goes down. And then you're going to blame everybody else for why your numbers suck. What <laughs> was Sam's fault? Yeah, right, right. Uh, all of those business metrics that yeah. you don't think it's in, uh, that leader, uh, empathy as a concept or a capacity can really influence actually does influence it um, dramatically one way or the other if you have it or if you don't have it um, and can play a serious role in the organization. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm even considering, you know, as we talk about empathy and leadership, you know, even going back to the scriptural sense, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to find a, a, a reference that just really pops out. Um, I mean, because there were so many great leaders in the Bible. Certainly. In fact, I, I think I can help you there by um, flipping the other side of the coin of empathy, um, at least this is my description of it, to the capacity of humility. So we talked about authenticity earlier. We, talk, we just talked about empathy. I'm adding on humility, and I think... Um, that might arm you with some references in the Bible. First one comes up for me is Moses, right? Right. Oh. Man. So, he, yeah, you know, I mean, just... Doing something... If I want to say knowing for yourself why you're doing what you're doing without having or without seeking a fanfare. Right. Minimizing self in the public form because you realize in private the importance. Right. Man, I kind of shocked myself when you threw that humility out there. I, I didn't... That, that's, I, and that's why I threw it out there because it, it's 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 something we don't often consider in a leadership capacity. But if one has the capacity of humility to kind of usher forth in their leadership, it has such a profound effect when you're not beating your chest saying I did this and I did that, and you turn that I into a we, and you said, um, or oh, not even the we, you said they. Right. 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 You go from, from one extreme to the other. You don't say I, and you don't say we. You say they. They were they able to accomplish this. But then I think we have to then ask the question, why, why is that? Why, is, why so many people strive to beat their chest? What are, what are they seeking? Recognition, affirmation, um, especially in this society, celebrityism, uh, if that's even a word. Uh, you know, so much of the things, again, that feeds the ego. Right, all of those things that are feeding the ego, those are the things that they're trying to, to, to feed that ego with, right? That's why they want that. That's why they want to be able to beat their chest and say, I did this, I did that. Do you think it's more of a sense of, and I heard what you're saying, but do you think mm -hmm. it's more of a sense of being valued? Or 
Is, is, it, is it a conversation about being valued? I think it's being a yes and. Okay. I think it's a yes and, right? Oh, and oof, we could deep dive on that <laughs> in so many different <laughs> ways, right? <laughs> you know, we could deep dive on that in so many ways, right? Um, which which kind of, you know, if you... If you're in the position where, um, where you're, you're trying to get the affirmation of, of, of being valued, you're seeking that affirmation to seek that you have some value in this organization, in this world, or whatever the context is, then in my mind, that really begs the need of um, a coach to kind of work with you and say, okay, well, you know, what's going on here, <laughs> right? Because there's something underlying uh, that should be worked through in order for your personal growth and development. Because if you're always seeking, if you're in a position where you're seeking, well, and we all want to be valued, right? Don't get me, don't get me wrong. We all want to be valued, but if that value is bubbling up to the point where, you know, again, it's the I, you know, versus the we, or certainly the they, um, then you know, there's some underlying. Um, stuff that's there that would that, that certainly should be worked on. See, I, I'm working on myself. I didn't say need to. <laughs> <laughs> should be worked on. Of course, it's your options, right? You should work on it. But yeah, no, the value is an interesting piece of it, right? If you know, whew, uh, try try not to try not to go too far ahead. There. Go, go into it, man. Again, yeah, this is why I believe that you have these forms. I mean, the value piece is, is huge. Uh, you know, I acknowledge everything you said. I think, yes, we do want to be valued, as we should want to be valued. Absolutely. And I think the question that I was pushing more towards is this inner, this inner need to be valued. Right. Um, and I think this is just two different conversations. And maybe I'm not framing it properly. No, I think you're framing it just right, right? So if I could, if I could further frame it out, or at least hear what I think you're saying, um, you know, we've talked about before. You know, there's there's uh, there's balconies and there's basements, right? Um, and in all of our emotions and all of our dealings as human beings, there's this one extreme or the other. Um, and when we're out of balance certainly when we're not playing a harmonious tune as we've talked about in the past not in any of these episodes but we've talked about it um and the value position is out is at one extreme or the other right you either devalue yourself to the point where you not think you're worthy or you overvalue yourself and you don't think that it's going to happen without you um you know when you're when you're out at those two extremes you know, we got to find a happy medium and where that happy medium serves um, you as well as the people to whom you serve. Yeah. Yeah. So to that end, right, if you're, you know, if you're in the balcony um, with your, your value um, or need to be valued, um, that's, that's a dangerous place. And it is different for everyone as to what's what's uh, what 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 really uh, 
I'm at a loss for words today. Let me go back to your reference that you, you were trying to pull out right out of the Bible. The Bible. And I'm, I, I threw out humility for me, the, the person mm-hmm. of humility that comes up to mind when I think of it in the Bible context is uh, Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. You know, big guns on. I, I gotta, gotta <laughs> throw out the big guns, right? I gotta throw out the big guns. You know, this is the big JC, right? This is the son of God. Coming down, born in a manger. You know, the whole story there, right? Um, lived a life, right? And even, you know, I could only imagine how he had to sit amongst the Pharisees or the preachers, the priesters, um, teachers of the world back then, uh, or the Bible back then, how he had to sit in there and listen to their representation or perspective of the word right when he is the word and when he was born of the word um the that level of humility that it took for him to be able to absorb everything that's around him and to be able to then lead from that position again this is the son of god coming out and and trying to help trying to help yeah that that level of humility you know, we've, you know, I, I can't say that there has been equal to um, level, again, son of God, God, you know, that's kind of hard to kind of compare to. Um, but we've seen that level of humility and leadership um, in your Gandhi, um, in your, you know, you name it, right? Um, that, that level of humility plays such a, a role in the leadership and as I believe every leader has the capacity to inspiration of and motivation to get things done. Yes. I man, so many thoughts are running through my veins right now. As you you eloquently describe Jesus and the fact that he humbled himself in such a manner to do what he did. Right. And what really jumped out at me was the fact that, okay, now we're talking New Testament as opposed to Old Testament. So the people already have a certain lived experience, if you will. Right. So their own thinking, their own ways of doing things, their own thoughts, their own value system. Right. And now Jesus arrives on the scene with the intent of changing, offering clarity without fully revealing himself. Right. Having never, ever, ever revealed himself except for a select few. Right. Now he, the, the <laughs> whole dynamics could have been completely different. The whole <laughs> dynamics could have been, he come down and be like, look, I'm the son of God. <laughs> this is what you're going to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hammer, hammer, <laughs> hammer. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> the whole dynamics could have been completely different. Yes. Which is, so it comes back, back to this, this power of choice, right? This power of free will. Right. So even from a leadership perspective, you know, again, authenticity, the humbleness, the empathy piece, but what is truly inspiring the leader on, let me say it differently, 
the person in a leadership position to be all of that? Do they, you know, and what would it take for them to fully embrace it? Hey guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. It's only part one. I can't wait until you can listen to part two next time. We are going to dig into some more characteristics of what it means to be a leader in this VUCA environment. So I can't wait for you to be able to engage in that and hear those things and be able to take that into your own experiences in your own leadership characteristics um, and, and engage in your profession uh, with these characteristics as well. So can't wait. So excited. Um, if you haven't already visited uh, ralphplaska.com, please do so. And so we can engage with you there as well as visit Lorenzo Seabrook's uh, website truecompass.org. So until next time, enjoy the greatness that is life.